0: Hey, talking in stations fans, this is Matterall. We have a special program while we're on break. This is an interview with CCP Hilmar, who is the CEO of the company that makes EVE Online. And we talk about a great many things, including celebrity players, some amazing technology that can help EVE Online become an even bigger spectacle, and of course, how he's impressed by the amazing ingenuity of players and the kind of things that we come up with. As a companion to this program, You'll want to read two things. One is the official AMA, that is Ask Me Anything, that Hilmar did right before this show. You can find that on the EVE forums. There'll be a link in the show notes. You'll also want to read, because it's an amazing article, an interview with Hilmar by VentureBeat. And that article is called Why CCP Games Crammed 14,274 Spaceships Into an EVE Online Battle. It's a great article that covers the technology and how it can relate to EVE Line's future growth. All right, enjoy the program. And please note, there was a few sound drops in the beginning. Those get cleared up right away. We apologize for those. Enjoy the program, and we'll see you soon as Talking in Station Season 2 starts April 7th. Welcome to Talking in Stations, a podcast about EVE Online. Today, we have CEO of CCP Games, Hilmar, and here I go messing up a name, Hilmar Vigar Peterson. Very good. He's just finished uh, Ask Me Anything, an AMA, on the EVE Online forums. He's talked about EVE Online now and EVE Online in the future. Uh, he is here and joined by CCP Falcon from the community team. We also have two advanced players, Carneros from the Bastion Alliance, and we have Elise Randolph from Pandemic Legion. Welcome to the station, Hilmar and Falcon. Thank you. We've just been reading over AMA, really good answers. I just want to say I really admire you, the equating the abyssal mechanics for creating uh, new items with um, gambling. And I like how you answered that question, because you seem to just hammer that question into the dust. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it has no relationship whatsoever. Uh, uh, go, if, you guys, if you guys read any question, go back and read that. It's about the sixth or seventh question. <laughs> All right. Uh, to get started, Elmar, I wanted to ask you to describe what the last few years as CEO have been.
1: Uh, so the last few years have been um... I was going to say every year has been different uh, and frankly every year I've been at CCP has been different. Um, and uh, of course we did a big push into VR because we believe uh, that our technology will have importance in creating virtual worlds like even online. Um, and uh, we were quite successful in getting code development funding from the big platforms and made some phenomenal games, Gunjack Valkyrie and Spark, which are still all going uh, and allowed us to to reach to the level of, of doing almost like second generation VR games for the first generation. Uh, but uh, in 2017, it was just clear that the basis for doing continued development was no longer there. So uh, we went through the process of changing the strategy and the structure of the company around that, uh, which is never fun to do, but um, such as the nature of our industry is that you have to take risks, uh, other you just fade away and, and end up accomplishing very little. Um, and then uh, last year uh, we were in a big process of uh, changing our shareholder structure, where we talked to a lot of different companies about uh, uh, potentially joining up with us as shareholders or acquiring the company completely, uh, and that ended with us partnering off with Polybis, uh, which I think is a very healthy change for us at this point in time. Uh, as I said in the AMA, it uh, allows us in making some deeper investments in the foundations of email line that uh, might not be, what should I say, super sexy in the short term, but uh, when you have a macro view that uh, MMOs are important and they will continue to be important, might even be researching right now, uh, then that gives us kind of a much clearer context on doing some deep surgery on EVE, which I think EVE warrants uh, completely. There, there are some fundamentals to EVE. Uh, we have been digging into over the last few years which show that EVE online has importance way beyond its uh, sort of current existence, for lack of a better word.
2: Is it, is it a burden off your shoulders now not to have to worry about funding the company or or taking care of your investors who've been with you for so long? Uh,
1: so, I, it's interesting you say burden off my shoulders uh, because it didn't really feel like that. Um, uh, it's not like our investors were a burden per se. Uh, they were great guys and and we had collected uh, um, kind of a good team around the company, but it just is a topic. When you have investors, you you gotta think about their ROI in the context of providing an exit. Uh, and that always is a part of all the, the conversation. My job as CEO uh, becomes to some extent making sure that happens. And now that we have like joint effort strategic, uh, we just no longer have to think about that. Um, and and that, in a way, I, I could say is a bit of a burden of my shoulders, uh, allows me to focus more on on the company operations uh, and not worry too much about, okay, how is this gonna uh, provide a path to an exit at some point?
0: So there was, uh, I don't know if it was an actual intended push but there's a lot of, um, Hilmar is back in EVE Online, um, because I guess you were doing virtual reality for a while, and now you're back on Eve Online. What does that really
1: mean? Uh, what does it really mean? Um,
0: are, are you pl- you're playing the game again? We read that in the AMA, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So okay, I'll I'll tell your story uh, because it's a little weird, uh, but it might make make sense in this context. Um, so there's a song uh, which goes something like. Uh, I, I think it's called, Come Back and Stay for Good This Time by Neil Young, I think. So uh, there was this odd moment in January where I just woke up with that song in my head. it, it was like extremely clearly. And, and it was just like, the song was just banging in my head. Like, and like, what does this mean? Like, <laughs> and after that, I started playing it online. Uh, and that just turned into this sort of weird threat of unraveling, I don't know, all my even existence through just going through the new player experience, going through all the missions, going through all the like things which we've done over, I don't know, the past 10 years. Um, and okay, there are some good bits, there are some bad bits, there are some bits which just haven't changed at all. Uh, and. It was kind of just rediscovering this sort of path through the game as doing it as a as a kind of a fresh player that sort of put me on 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 this tirade of of now really going and addressing these things that just haven't changed since we put them in place sixteen years ago and and it's it's in a way shocking how much some of it has held up uh and how some of it is even some of the best bits in eve um I was doing the pirate epic arcs. And it's just like, it's such a good way to push people out into, out of sec to have this sort of little carrot of a thing. And you have to kind of learn all the null survival tactics with like, oh my God. Like the fact that we're doing, having people use like, Insta-Undock bookmarks to be able to do a mission in 0.0 and the only way really to do it is what's a player-created YouTube. I, I, it kind of just became this uh, excellent reminder of like, yeah, there really is a reason why we lose so many people in the first 30 days. It's, the the game is just really making a point of not wanting you to like it (laughs) and, and I've been on a bit of a tear of trying to align us as an organization on doing something about that. Because we have, frankly, a huge amount of people which are joining or trying to join the game every every week. Uh, post free-to-play, we're now kind of this first quarter of the year. We're at similar levels as we were in the first quarter of 2013, which was the 10-year birthday of Eve and kind of the, the peak of... Uh, New player acquisitions under subscription, and now, what? Six years later, we're kind of at the at the same level. But the, the the game needs a lot of help in helping people get into the into the into the promised land of like when you're really playing Eve.
3: Eve players are generally like really excited when the, they learn, especially like. The CEO plays the game, right? So we were actually kind of uh, just talking a little bit amongst ourselves. Uh, Eve is like the sci fi game where people live out these fantasies and they create these huge empires and stuff. And we we're thinking, does the CEO have a CEO in game? Like, are you your own boss? Do you run your own corp or do you get bossed around by somebody?
1: Uh, when I play Eve online, I just want to be told what to do. Like, I. <laughs> It's <laughs> it's enough to run one company, like to run a, a, a space corporation. Well, you guys know how much work it is. <laughs> there's no way I I could do that for reals. So I I generally just like want to be a peon, being told what to do.
0: <laughs> so so there's no uh, you don't take the work home with you uh, in your space corporation.
1: Well, my wife would argue whether sitting. <laughs> My computer at home and playing in online is taking my work home or not. That's uh, true. But uh, I'm certainly looking for to, to do something different in online than deal with PowerPoints and spreadsheets all day long.
2: So your wife doesn't play then? What about your kids?
1: Um, so my, my, my wife doesn't play now. I had her play once. And, uh, <laughs> and it was kind of funny seeing her play. This was back in. I don't know 2004 and and she created a woman avatar and just didn't hide the fact she was a woman and oh my god what her experience was different than mine <laughs> playing <laughs> play game online she was showered with isk <laughs> uh so my my daughter eva is now turning 16 maybe in two years uh we get around to game online i, I think it's still a little early
0: yeah it's funny I've heard a lot of Silicon Valley executives uh, don't let their kids play uh, on their mobile phone for more than like a, an hour or something. Like they're very strict about it and they're the ones that make all the stuff that that keep us repetitive uh you know on the phone.
1: Uh yeah, I I would not be that way. I I think uh I think even Len is a net positive in the world. I I've seen enough data over the long period of time. I've talked to enough people uh, I believe it is a net positive. I'm not so sure about some of those Silicon Valley apps, whether they are a net positive or a net negative. Um, I, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not sure. And I and I frankly wasn't sure about EVE. I mean, there's always this mixed concept about games. Are games a, a net positive or a net negative? But uh, now I'm extremely confident in saying EVE Online, at least, is a net positive in the world.
0: Let's look into that, because I think it's a very uh, current question right now about technology with Facebook under pressure for, uh, uh, you know, information, accuracy and with uh, Twitter and everything geared towards getting us to do the, th- you know, to go to the next video like YouTube and all that other stuff. Um, why is Eva a net positive in your opinion compared to some of the negative that's out there?
1: So um, what makes me confident in saying that and just not saying it because of my job to say it uh, is... Um, so the, the, the study uh, we have been doing and CCP Coast was presenting some of the results uh, uh, in Amsterdam over the weekend about like Eve's ability to create uh, actual meaningful friendships. Um, we have found when we ask players which have been playing the game bordering on a decade. So why do you play a game for a decade? I, I actually asked to go and and do that a year ago. I said to him, like, I think I have an idea, but how about just asking people? But I wonder, like, just hearing it straight from uh, the horse's mouth, for lack of a better word, I'm sure we'll get some insights. And we got some profound insights, which I think we were sort of maybe emotionally aware of, but we didn't have it just spelled out in fact and figures. And it is the case that the reason why E online play even online for a decade is because of the community uh, and i think everyone at ccp and in the play place largely know this you cannot join for the game you stay for the community but like what what does that mean with some level of actionable precision and it means that people are making new genuine friends and uh, it just so happens that in the world today loneliness is an epidemic People have less friends than they than they had before. there is a famous study uh about new yorkers um, in the seventies the average number of friends a New Yorker had was seven point one and in two thousand and seventeen uh it was down to one point two It's a massive destruction uh in the concept of friendship and there are uh very valid, numerous studies that what is the leading indicator for longevity, health, and happiness and purpose in your life is the number of deep, meaningful relationships you have with others. So, um, loneliness right now is the biggest health epidemic in the world. It's bigger than cancer, smoking, lack of movement. So, we have not intentionally, at least not deliberately, but I, I think. Um, it was a part of our sort of intent, maybe intention. We weren't that specific, but we have, let's say, accidentally, it, it, it is a mixture of luck and talent, created a friendship maker. And uh, uh, and I think that's actually super important. And, um, uh, and now with that level of clarity, is that email line is a friendship making machine. And it does that in actually, ways which are not so difficult to analyze when you really put that lens onto the game, um, then then it's really important to take care of that, enhance it, deepen it, and uh, maybe spread the the fact that at least this one particular game is making people live longer, healthier, and have more purpose in their life. Uh,
0: That's fascinating because it's kind of the opposite then of what's going on with say facebook where real friends are driven apart over time because they can't compare to each other's like feeds that are super curated and uh super intimidating to other people and uh, eve is doing the exact opposite of that it's inviting people in and creating situations where they bond exactly fascinating
1: and it's actually too it, it's actually uh um not only this product, but it also has been studied, is that big cities, big crowded cities, they uh, make people clamp up about connecting with others. All this uh, uh, aggravation of seeing new faces all day long uh, creates an overload reaction in the brain, which makes you clam up. And that's why these, uh, that's why the concept of urban isolation exists, is that when you are in a city of tens of millions, um, it's harder to connect with people than if you're in a town of a few hundred. Um, and, uh, and there are actually there are conditions in online which are interesting. online makes a, a very good point of making you feel alone in the beginning. You're a very small person in a very big world. And that condition of feeling lonely in online is actually the first step of creating a friendship. In a big city, when you have all these people around you, your brain, your reptilian brain, gets mixed signals. You are alone. You are lonely, but you're in a crowd of people. Uh, this is not the case in Eve. You're you're very obviously a very small person in a huge universe <laughs> yeah. full of massive space tycons like yourself, and that makes you want to connect with others.
0: Yeah, that was um, real quick. Uh, there was something I talked with a blogger about. And we both agreed that in Eve, that's actually what I was looking for, is I just want to be a small part of this giant world where the world is persistent and goes. And I can just live in it because I want the potential of social interaction. But I don't necessarily want the interaction. And it's just like when you move to a city, you're in a city and you have the potential of meeting people and becoming friends and uh, doing stuff. And that has its own euphoria, even though you're not doing it, just having that potential, mm-hmm. but you don't move to the big city to meet everybody in it. you just move there to have that possibility
1: yeah and 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 one of the design issues with big cities is that they they don't create enough conditions for people to actually connect so so Eve does it by uh the the world is obviously cruel and dangerous like. That is pretty clear when you start, uh, and you're very small. Um, and and then immediately when somebody comes and helps you, uh, and especially if they help you with uh, devastating loss, which can happen a lot in the game, uh, then immediately you have this condition where you when you want to reach out to others. Uh, the 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 struggle with a city is that they have been made to be safe, like they they claim to be safe, and I think for or at least the uh, construct they are—they are safe. So, so you 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 have less this need to connect with others because the the need to connect with others is usually to bond against the element, have some social system that catches people when they fall, etc., etc. And and Eve does a, a great job of creating these conditions, and then have the level of intensity, and shenanigans and backstabbery that makes it. It it's clear that the friendship is for real if it holds, especially if it holds over years and years and years.
0: It's fascinating. So you've built a a friendship uh, simulator.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, we have. Like we can do this alone. Right? Yeah. We've obviously uh, uh, like gone all over the place to make this happen, and and we've did it with you guys. Like. Right? you were making making the friendships we we just created the, an operating system that allows them to happen but uh, we would know it and it actually wouldn't be a thing unless Eve players would have actually bonded together to create friendships and also enemy enemies but i've i've seen like the enemies of evenline is just another form of a relationship not really seeing people like really actually hating each other they they claim a lot to do it but Hasn't been my experience when I, when, I, when I see people meet in person.
3: Yeah, that's the interesting uh, thing about Eve Meets, right? Uh, when when my first Eve Meet I went to, I think it was 11 years ago, and I had some serious trepidations about going because I'd never gone to any like convention or anything like that. And I was like, oh, I'm going to meet with people that I play this video. They're weird. I don't want to just sit there and like, have a beer and talk about the, the mid slots of a rifter or something. What if we have nothing to talk about? And I get there and I meet these people and I find out that they are completely normal. <laughs> and we like talk about Eve a little bit, but we mostly just talk about the, the other shared hobbies that we in, in, invariably have. And yeah. uh, that's kind of what sucked me into the whole uh, going to Eve meetups and stuff. And there was recently like a, a, a huge Eve meet, um, like the, the world tour, right? Uh, was in uh, just uh, just last week. Well, it was kicked off. Yeah, yeah, it was kicked off. The, the the fan fest on the road, I guess, is what you guys are. Or fan fest on tour. Yeah, uh, just bringing fan fest light to like seven or eight different countries.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm going. I I am going to Australia, of all of, of places.
3: <laughs>
4: wow! They sent you to the Down Under.
1: Yes, I'm taking one for the team. Yeah. <laughs>
4: you, I mean, you may have been, like, mildly roped into that, but <laughs> that's, uh, that's all good, you know.
1: Yeah, but Elise, to, to your point, I remember when we ha- had the first Fan fest, there was this concern, like, will it end up in an all-out fist fight between all the people which are warring in Evil Line? And there was this kind of initial setup where it was almost like, I don't know, LA rapper gangs, kind of. <laughs> oh, is this going to go? Is there going to be a dance-off? Or, like, what's happening? <laughs> And then, just everyone kind of ended up hugging it out. So, and I've been doing that ever since. Yeah, it is, it's it's uh, really funny to to
3: actually go to the one of these meets and just see like, oh, there are guys that are rivals, and then they're just like hugging in the streets like five minutes later. It, it's very funny. Uh, and to your point, it, it's very much like a friendship simulator that you don't necessarily think of when you start playing like the um, this game that's notorious for being uh, so conniving and so like uh, so much, so many bad people in the game, like doing uh game known for thefts and, and, and corporate espionage
1: it, It's actually because of that uh, the friendships are real. like it, it doesn't mean anything to be somebody's friend if there, if there isn't a downside to trusting somebody, like there's an obvious upside, but if there isn't a downside, then the trust and the relationship actually doesn't mean very much. So it's this temptation of like, should I write the court wallet or not that really creates this thing where like if people haven't done that for years and years and years, they are trustworthy um in a in a real meaningful way.
0: Well, I, I love the anthropology of EVE Online. That's what the show kind of specializes on and talking about the psychology and the uh stuff. Um Uh, At the same time, I want to uh, bring in Falcon here and uh, just do a little bit of uh, stuff that you guys probably want to know about, or some of the fans want to know about. And that is uh, the Eve World Tour, which just kicked off, as uh, we were saying, in Amsterdam. It's going to go through Netherlands, uh, Russia, Australia, Germany, UK, US, Canada. And uh, it's running from March to about November of this year. what do you want to tell us about that?
4: Well, I mean, it's already kicked off, and uh, it's going to be pretty awesome. We had an incredible weekend uh, last weekend in uh, in Amsterdam. Thank you as well for putting the dates up on stream. I can now read them because I don't have them committed to memory. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we kicked off uh, in Amsterdam uh, last uh yeah, last weekend. It was absolutely incredible. It was great to see so many people there, in fact. There was like, uh, I think it was um, 320-odd people, I think, in total, which is the biggest Eve Saddam ever. Um, we've got St. Petersburg coming on May the 4th. That's going to be incredible. We've got a, a group of super-hardcore Russian players out there who uh, who uh, are actually a couple of the members of ISD, and they helped us out with organizing the event. Then, of course, we've got Staple Southern Hemisphere event, Eve down under May 23rd to 26th. Toronto is going to be incredible. This is the first time that uh, CCP has actually hosted an Eve meet in Canada, so we're uh, we're hoping uh, we're hoping it's going to be big. But uh, we already kind of have good reason to expect that it's going to be big because we've sold over four hundred tickets for it, uh, which is unbelievable. Um, then, of course, FanFest Home. home. Um, august 23rd hopefully that won't result in a lawsuit or a house fire or anything crazy like that Uh, hilmar's going and he's responsible so i think it's going to be fine That should be all that's a fan
0: fest inside someone's home a player's home
1: yes that is correct we're going to have a mini version of everything there's going to be a keynote there's going to be a charity dinner it's going to be a pub crawl
4: it's going to be something in this
1: we've talked about actually doing it in a sauna uh which is very finnish uh and I don't know whether we can stream from a sauna. You have to be naked in Finland. Like wearing clothes in a sauna is just and taboo. So we have a lot of stuff to figure out. Yeah. Maybe we just have a thin stream where 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 it isn't pixelated. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, that is that is one that I certainly will not be watching. I mean, you could use
3: uh, you could use Eve ships to censor to censor everything out and make it stream friendly. It'll be fine
1: yeah yeah it could be like in austin powers where it's almost like there's always something obscuring the camera
4: yeah everyone's just walking around with like thoraxes and avatars <laughs> in the right place
0: well thorax yeah that was kind of
1: you went there paul
0: <laughs> i'm sorry to interrupt you though falcon what, what did you want to finish
4: uh yeah you know, i mean i sort of lost my train of thought a little bit but let's <laughs> let's roll on uh so yeah after that we will drill in um berlin's gonna be awesome it's organizing uh, in coordination with the guys from g fleet and their event is just fantastic every single year then of course we've got a vegas which is always absolutely monumental um it's uh, it's always the biggest event in in north america and then we've got london on november 23rd and london is uh, london's where my heart is in terms of uh in terms of eve gatherings uh, it's um fan Fest is second only to london for me because uh I go way back to uh, 2003 with Eve London, uh, 2003 2004, um, back when it was an event that the Causality used to run, an old Minmatar Roleplaying Corp, and then uh, uh, my old corp Vito, took it over um, around 2004 2005. Yeah, it was 2005 after we were formed, um, and it's been run by Dmitry Slavic of uh, of Vido since. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's we get a lot of old timers who come to uh, who come to that event. So. I'm expecting to see a big turnout in London it should be awesome and it's also the last uh, the last stop on the world tour so it's um it should be a nice big sort of end of the year party a look back over the whole world tour during the year and uh, yeah it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a hell of a show no doubt
0: wild so take a look at that link that we've uh, provided you with and see which one you can go to and you should get out there and go because it isn't a dance off and you won't see uh PL and uh, goons you know being sharks and whoever the other group was in that uh in that dance off movie um it's actually a bunch of people who get together and and uh swap stories and stuff like that i remember in la actually you were there hilmar it was uh, after an eve uh an e3 There was a big party uh at the mandarin i think the sky bar it was a great party by the way john lambs yeah, got was. thrown into the pool that was, yeah, that was I, a lot I, of fun
1: i i also got thrown in, into the pool <laughs> did you really <laughs> did yeah. i missed that yeah, it, I, I had my BlackBerry in my pocket, Oh. and and after that, I, I needed need, needed to get a new phone, and, and I got an iPhone, and uh, it was suspected this was a scheme to uh, start development of, of EVE for a mobile, <laughs> getting me to switch from a BlackBerry to an iPhone.
0: That was the genesis right there.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Well, you know, it's EVE. I, I wouldn't doubt it, because the plans are so layered. There's so much... <laughs> Going on behind the scenes, exactly,
2: yeah.
0: exactly. And you guys were so nice that you guys uh, after the party you were like, "Yeah, come back to our um, hotel." That you guys had a suite, and you allowed people to just stay as long as they wanted to. And you guys stayed a long time, which is it was amazing.
1: Yeah, I remember it was actually Dean Dean Hall was there, the maker of Daisy, like, uh, and I remember him like sprouting some deep deep Eve stuff. Like uh, back then, he, he that guy really knew his Eve, uh, really knew his Eve, as as you can see in Daisy. That's wild.
0: Hey, how many uh, celebrities go through Eve Online? Can you guys track them?
1: Well, there have been these rumors. <laughs> yeah, let's hear some rumors. Superman was playing. Uh, oh, sorry, who? Uh, the guy down. who plays Superman. Uh, he was playing. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson was playing for sure. I think he even said it in an interview at some point. Uh, who more? Who? Do you remember, Paul?
4: Yeah, I can remember this. I lost my mind when I heard out about that because I'm a huge Sam Jackson fan. So I was like, "Oh my God!"
3: It was on like some Italian, inter- uh, like some Italian, like uh, radio station or something like that where Samuel Jackson was like, "Yeah, please online." I remember that like way back in the day and. I thought it was a rumor for the longest time. They were like, oh, yeah, he said it on Italian media that he plays this game. And we're all trying to figure out which one in our corp was, was Sam Jackson. <laughs> we, need to
1: remember, dig, dig, uh, we need to pick that up. Or maybe it's better just to have it like a meme. It's a...
4: Yeah, if I remember yeah. correctly, I remember, I think, uh, Vin Diesel mentioning that he tried EVE once as well. Uh, uh, yes. He's like a colossal Dungeons & Dragons nerd um and yeah he's he's super into gaming
1: uh, absolutely Vin Diesel played for sure I think I was even on a phone call with him at some point where he was talking about it uh that was probably more than 10 years ago it's like odd why would I forget that <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. oh man <laughs> but we should it, get it, him it, to narrate <laughs> our trailers like he has that voice like
1: yeah totally I played by the rules long enough <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> That's actually
3: my favorite uh the Caldari Outlaw video is yeah. actually my favorite ever Eve Online video. Like the it, it doesn't really hold up in terms of video quality, but the the narration yeah. and the story still gives me like shivers. It's called the yeah. the Caldari Outlaw for anyone that's that hasn't seen it. It's like from a 2003 or 2004.
1: Yeah, and if you have watch Caldari Outlaw and the Rattribution trailer back to back, you'll see where the inspiration comes from. Like uh, uh Retribution trailer is uh is uh, is kind of a remake of the Caltery Outlaw. And then we, we did the uh, Santa Claus version of it. Do <laughs> you <laughs> remember that? Remember that. <laughs> you messed with the wrong guy. Santa Claus is a big space tycoon.
4: We forgot uh, Bass Hunter too, the DJ. He also uh, he also uh, religiously plays even multiboxes like like an animal. He's got like he's got a huge mining fleet.
1: Yeah, and it brings it on the road. I He took me to his hotel room in Iceland at the FanFest, and he's not kidding around. He had, like, booked everything to, like, the moon was breaking at this point on Sunday, and it was ready to go <laughs> and and mine out the moon, <laughs> planning his after party schedule around that.
3: My favorite part about that is he, like, he started, he, exactly, the, the picture's on the screen now. Someone managed to. To just study the pictures that he posted so much that they figured out who his actual in-game character was and they went and started not harassing but they wanted to like follow him around and just ask him questions (laughs) so this guy is like oh yeah don't worry i'll just post these fuzzy pictures no one will know but of course eve players are some of the most dedicated like csi workers in in gaming so they figured out who he was in like 40 minutes
4: yeah, I always call this CSI Jeter when like someone sees like a tiny little thing on the corner of an image that suddenly gets like enhanced and pulled together, and then all of a sudden there's like ten different people analyzing it, and uh, yeah, it just turns into a mess. This happened with CCP Rise. I was talking to Fuzzy when we were in Eve uh, Saddam. He mentioned it on stage where um, CCP Rise actually randomly on. I think it was on a live stream in an interview. Mentioned um, just a, he described a fight that he'd had um with a guy in eve and like 30 minutes later someone eve mailed him in game because they'd gone through z kill found the found the ship that had been killed found the system found exactly what the deal was and just eve mailed his his player character in game and he was like well shit it doesn't take much it really doesn't it's incredible how
0: how impressed are you Hilmar, by the ingenuity of the eve players
1: how impressed am i (laughs) i i i don't think there are (laughs) many words to describe it, really. It's like blown away, whatever. They, they, they just aren't strong enough words. I was actually now just reading the rental Agreement from some alliance. Like uh, I found it on EVE 24, I think. There was like an ad for a rental Agreement review. Uh, and like, Jesus Christ.
0: Was it, it must have been from Lady Scarlet.
1: Uh, no, I can think of what it was, but and, and it was kind of crazy, like the level of detail. And then I started to actually dig into a bit, like how big is renting your alliance space to others. It is a rather substantial part of the economy. <laughs> uh and uh, and it's something that is completely meta-created by e-players. The the game has very little support to to uh to enforce or, or have this happen. And uh, it's obviously something that's been developing for over a decade. But uh, the level of sophistication, uh, these kind of paradigms emerge out of EVE are just, they're mind blowing.
3: That's actually something that, that we were talking about a bit. Uh, because like, as, as I remember when I first started playing the game, my CEO was like an 18-year-old kid, right? And, and they were like, oh, bring whatever ship you want. Uh, do whatever you want. Who cares? And as like uh, Eve matured and and the player base kind of matured with it, we have these like lawyers making actual rental agreements that kind of that hold that would hold up in court like that's the level of detail they're going in and one of the questions uh, we we had was um, as the demographic of Eve kind of shifts and and becomes more professional or changes however it changes um uh, is is Eve? Ch- are you guys like changing Eve at all, or do you take that into consideration when you uh, make uh, future plans and, and roadmaps and stuff like that?
1: So I, I just dug it up. It's here. Rate my ticks, PLNC rental agreement.
3: Yep, that's Lady Scar. Yeah, so lawyers for sure did that. Yeah, <laughs> was that for you consumers? at least?
1: New renters, ordering system, accurate regional control, ions control, general rules of contact, blue on blue, a <laughs> book jesus christ and and and
2: when we set up our rental thing we we borrowed that same agreement and looked through it
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, so uh, I'm a big fan um, of the Sapiens book uh by Yuval Harari, uh, where he described so well this concept of humans. Uh, which it describes as flexible organization at scale, and I think Eve Online is yeah whole holding it up. Uh, and uh, I should have my copy here somewhere. Um, and Eve is such an example of flexible organization at scale, like the uh, Eve Eve's players' ability to sort of adapt or die, uh, or, or sometimes when I mispronounce it, adopt or die. <laughs> <laughs> which oh, means completely, completely different. <laughs> it's, yeah. my, second, it's well. my second language uh yeah it, it's just such a, a paid from that book and and creating the corporation system the contract system which started as an escrow system it was all mapped as as foundational tools for people to create their own organizations and first we just did a very simple uh, corp system i remember actually i was interviewing ceos December, um, 2003, um, and learned about like how people were managing their manufacturing and spaceship salesman empires, because it was so hard to sell at, back then. Um, and, and there was a, this weird dynamic of trusting your salespeople with the spaceships you were giving them to the, giving to them. So I was saying like, wouldn't an escrow system help? And, and the guy I was talking to, yeah, but that doesn't exist. Yeah, I know but we could just make one. No, you can't make one. You would have to run it like this. And and it was just such an insight into how determined people were in just it, using the tools they had to build these massive empires. Uh, even of course, I mean, back in December, 2003, it was like 30,000 people playing it, but but still. And then we made the escrow system and people leveraged staffed into, into things. Then we added the corp divisional roles uh, in the, corp system to manage security clearances and all that. We actually took a lot of inspiration from uh, network security policies back in the day to be able to give people similarly flexible tools. And oh my God, how differently people set up their corporations. Then people created alliances. Out of that, we created the alliances. Alliance system, which hasn't really been touched much since then. But like all this notion of like having the executor corp and like all these... Weird things were to enable people to have uh, flexibility in the system. Then the contract system ultimately had the dream of becoming like a something you could implement, like this rental agreement, into the system. The system would be flexible enough so that you could hard code the conditions of a rental agreement. Not that we thought about it like that. And now, when I took up this rental agreement, I was reading through it. It's like, oh my God, we have to take a look at the contract system. It's like, this is such a requirements description of of what the contract system needs to be able to do.
0: Yeah, I guess keeping up with the stuff that players invent, uh, it must be just uh, super taxing.
1: It's super taxing, but also super inspiring. <laughs> like uh, the level of sophistication that takes into doing something like this rental agreement is is monumental. Uh, like you were saying, this guy is obviously a real lawyer, and this is built on. Uh, a many years of trial and error to get to this place
0: well that's why I think Lady scarlet had something to do with it because she's been she's been renting territory out since two thousand and five i think
1: well done lady scarlet
0: <laughs> that's how she finances uh n c um but um that brings me to to the uh the marketplace now one of the things that drew me into EVE online was that you guys had a robust market, everything created by players, not not at the time, but a lot of things created by players. And it looked like a real stock market. And it even had uh, corporations, which was really cool, right? Future corporations running things and governments are just gone. Uh, and the, even the governments are consistent of corporations. That just really appealed to my sense of futurism. Um, but the market, has it had much... Is it going to get, or has it had much evolution since it started, besides cleaning up the graphs and making them look a little nicer?
1: No, the, the market system is probably one of the the systems that has held up the most. And it's kind of funny how it came to be. Uh, so I was actually day trading on Nasdaq at the time. Uh, I was using a, a company called Datak, Um and I just, uh, Reeve was engineered how their system worked. Uh, and I just made the, the exact same system for Eve, like all the bits and ask the orders, like, and, and I, I plan to do like limit stop orders and like all the, all the things that you can do to manage your, your financial empire. We didn't end up making all of them. Some of them might have been overly complicated. Uh, and I think because we modeled it after a real system, That's why it has held up so well as it has. Uh, We we had to think a lot about that we are uh, trading physical goods in EVE and they have a location. So all this like weirdness about the origin and placement of the order, which actually makes it quite a bit complicated. I would actually, now if I were to do anything, I I, I were to make more like a global market for, for the goods and items in EVE, which are obviously electronical. Like there is so much of the stuff in EVE, which actually doesn't isn't made out of atoms, like a blueprint in EVE obviously wouldn't be a physical thing. It would just be a some sort of digital recipe uh, with some uh, copy protection. So I've actually been uh, tracking the blockchain universe quite a bit because they are facing a lot with a similar challenge on how to make uh, trading systems that uh, sort of flexibly trade extremely complicated items uh, with all the sort of smart contract elements and, and all those things. And uh, they've actually come quite a long way. So if you look at the trading system of a of a blockchain exchange market, uh, there's actually a lot you can learn from that to bring to the EVE market system to take it to the next level without like involving blockchain or cryptocurrency at all. It's just looking at the design patterns they've come up with to uh to take it to the next level because they have gone much further than Nasdaq and New York Stock Exchange when it comes to the complexity of what they're dealing with. They're, they're, much, they're dealing with a complexity set much similar to EVE. EVE actually deals with a more complicated thing than dealing with uh, blockchains, but when you factor in multiple blockchains, multiple items like commodity items, singleton items, all these things, it's a lot like what EVE Online is dealing with. EVE Online does very poorly this element of like a, of an inst of like a non singleton spaceship when it's just a quantity, and once you what is it called? It? Assemble it, then it becomes a singleton with all the other elements. So that's why you have to trade the fitted ship through the contract system, you can't trade it through the market system. But there are some interesting solutions that blockchain exchanges have come up with to tackle these kind of problems, and there are some very interesting standards which are. Emerging out of the Ethereum community, which actually are, are a much more elegant solution to wrap a concept around that thing than we did in Eve back in the day, and uh, and and sort of looking at some of those design patterns and uh, learning from them I, would be the path to take the market system to the next generation. Mm-hmm. But I, I I don't think it's a huge priority right now. We we have we have way more basic stuff to go and fix it in one Online than 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 high-frequency science when it comes to trading.
0: Yeah, it's nice to think about. Though. Well, what are some of the basic things that you're you're going to be fixing?
1: So uh, <clears throat> referring to the beginning, when I went through our sort of 30 to 90 days of EVE Online, that is like we really need to uh, clean up that journey. Uh, doesn't mean like them I in mean, the game down or not it's just like oh my god like don't try to be so difficult like some of the elements are just it's like hunting for 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 metal with a metal detector to figure out what to do uh, and it's gotten worse than it was in the beginning it's actually not gotten better and it's gotten worse because the game has become so complicated like when you were playing even online in 2003 and there were like i don't know 30 spaceships to choose from the game was much simpler in figuring out what to do next. Now, oh my God, like, what should I do? Like the acres of options are are, are, are adopting now beyond what they were in the back. So often like when EVE players are saying, why, or EVE developers for that matter, why, why do we need to improve the tutorial? I didn't need the tutorial. Yes, it was a tiny little game and you are playing. Now it's <laughs> like the legendary EVE online with like a billion options to be like, choice paralyzed by <laughs> we just need to like streamline the onboarding of the complexity a lot better than we're currently doing especially because there are literally more than ten thousand people every week that try to figure this out and not a lot of them remain remain 30 days later
2: what about tech what techs uh, are tech changes do you are you investigating or thinking about going forward
1: for uh, So we're doing uh, the big post now for the 64 bit client and DirectX 12 version of the client. And uh, uh, both of these are very important steps because we're not only doing those things, we're also cleaning up a lot of the stuff at the same time. Doing a DirectX 12 dedicated version of the, of the client allows us to clean up a lot of the stuff in the 3G engine. And it allows us to explore topics like to Belt, Earth, cloud, Saturn rings, huge asteroid fields, things like that, which actually just is aren't technically possible uh, today. Uh, you can't even dream about it. It just cannot be done with our current engine. But by upgrading to DirectX 12, we at least have the op- like the opportunity to to at least dream about it. Not that we are gonna like. Not going to be held to a roadmap on actually delivering them but it's like it's a it's a it's a it's a bunch bigger step than just changing graphics api it also allows us to benefit a lot from more and more than cards so it's going to help with performance across the board especially in fleet fight situations same with the 64p client uh, once we get the memory use it's a little bit under control It's uh, uh, the python engine is can can be a bit of a pick when it comes to memory uh, uh but, like these are some big current things uh then uh our tech teams are looking into some protocol upgrades that potentially could help with some of the uh the fleet fight situation uh and are attainable within human timelines uh, and then we'll also do some uh blue sky thinking with the with hation uh where we did the Eve EtherWars um demo last week uh which are, which is hugely important in in sort of scoping out what is the readiness of technology like that, and what a technology like that is gonna bring in terms of opportunities. And and there's a lot of like fundamentally genuine things we could do uh, to how e line plays by having a, a higher fidelity physics engine. It's not just fixing the time dilation, it is doing things like the server actually doesn't know the orientation of spaceships, which limits a lot uh, what the tactical landscape is. And there is no line of sight uh, occlusion. That's why most fleet fights are these kind of balls of ships against a ball of ship. Because if you don't have line of sight occlusion, there isn't any reason for formations. And formations are just such a, an understandable concept. Like if you see ships in formation, you know why it is. So they don't shoot each other when they're shooting the enemy. Um, and, and just by creating the conditions where you have to think about formations immediately makes uh, a fleet fight something that is more understandable and it also gives people a lot more tactics to play with
0: yeah it's a whole nother dimension to to uh yeah to to gameplay really well
1: the pvp part of it it is literally another dimension <laughs> it is it, it is actually when you boil it down if you boil down combat animal land which is largely a function of transversal velocity and range that is It's like a one and a half D combat system. Uh, It isn't even fully 2D. That's why combat, in a way, when you look at it from a math perspective, is fairly one dimensional. Even just having line of sight immediately becomes two dimensional. And then once you have orientation, then we can start to make ships which are asymmetrical. Then they could have like armor on one side and guns on another side. And immediately then, like flanking becomes a thing, and like you you have these sort of standard war tactics, uh, which which people like know and appreciate and have bestowed it for years and decades and hundreds of years. They start to, be, like the, a fleet fighting Eve starts to become way more strategic, way more tactical. So like exploring something like Haryan isn't just about fixing Tai Tai, it's about like really blowing off the potential. And of yeah. course, this is going to take years to to ferret out whether uh, even their tech can handle it. Uh, and we took a pretty important step last week.
0: That's great. Also, that 64-bit client uh, allowed at least uh, our visualizing of it for other people, right? Because we go to live coverage of a fight. And we try to show the fight. But we've had to just look at it from afar and describe it. But the 64 bit client allowed us to get into those, right in between those giant ships and fly through them with the camera to show the damage being done. And it's just really completely blown me away what's possible. And soon, I think this summer.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 I. I'm pretty confident we'll be able to bring both these technologies to bear this year for sure, both 64-bit and DirectX 12. I mean, it, it, it hasn't been planned out. We might hit some roadblocks. Um, th- this is not easy stuff to do, but, uh, but uh, we, are, we are making a serious push on this.
0: Well, we're almost out of time here, um, Elise or uh, Carneros, unless you guys have the last few questions.
2: I hogged up time. <laughs> OK, so you're working on EVE Online. And you've got the Echoes of Eve project. And you and, and you presumably have some pof- folks working on the mobile app, uh, helper app for, for Eve that's on your mobile phone. It's not really a game. It's a, it's.
1: Yep, uh, it's like a yeah. window into the world.
2: Yeah. Are there other projects that you haven't told us about that we can't talk about?
1: Uh, there are other projects which we can't talk about, <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're okay, CCP. Cool. There, there's always something going on. <laughs>
4: I can feel that red dot on the back of my head somewhere where there's like a Don't say anything, man. Don't say anything. Duck. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. Thank you. Uh,
0: well, you mentioned one thing. I'll go back to it just a little bit. And that was that uh, the walking in stations was a popular concept. Can you talk about the, how someone can relate to an avatar that looks like them and what that means to them versus... One hump that I had to get over was, there's no avatar, I'm a ship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I know you've done that with the origin story change, and you've said, let's, let's, instead of talking about the landscape, let's talk about the concept of you being the ship. So that's how you get introduced to EVE Online right now, as opposed to, like, here's the backstory.
1: Yeah, so... <clears throat> I mean obviously it's a damn shame uh, that we had so many execution issues when it came to delivering on the vision of incarna because i think uh um you not universally there's nothing universal but largely uh the vision and the concept is something that resonated with a lot of people it's ultimately a game about people even if they're inside spaceships but uh, they have some existence outside of the spaceships so it's a bit of a shame uh, uh, that we weren't able to deliver more than we did back there in the famous summer of '11. But I, I by think, the way, I
0: I sent you yeah. a Twitter saying I'm hanging on, I'll be patient. I know you deliver great stuff, and I sent that directly to you. It's one of the the first time I ever contacted CCP. So
1: okay, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and I think now if we if we just think a little more outside of the box, is that. Okay, in a true future, especially in our future, we're, we're about to have all sorts of like AR manifestations of humans taking place over distances, whether it's video conferences or, or, or sort of virtual human presence, etc. I think there are many ways to make avatars and people which we already have in Eve, more uh, uh, a factor of the experience because if you were to imagine a futuristic world where you're in a pot and you have your mind controlling a spaceship then projecting your being onto others in some way or form would obviously happen very differently than people going out and hanging in a bar in a very sort of 80s sci-fi themed way. So I am kind of more uh, interested in taking some kind of slow careful steps into that direction but very much while i mean the focus now is cleaning up the first 30 days and doing these major foundational work on eve and uh, and uh, addressing some of the economical issues we have in the game right now Uh, but I, i i i hope we come to a place where we can start to just have the human form which we already have and people spend hours creating that when they start the game, be more present with you in the experience without going on full ambulation, walking around space stations per se. I think there are many ways to do that in a smarter, more sci-fi way than than what we were thinking back in 2010
0: and 11. Now, one more thing on, along these lines, the artwork has changed dramatically. If I look back at old EVE Online, it had a certain flavor, an art direction that was <laughs> foreign from US. It was, uh, at least where I'm from, it had a, um, a novelty feeling to it um, that went away or has gone away because the characters that are created now are done by a, a generating machine instead of uh, you know mo- looked like more portrait based.
1: Uh, I see you, you're talking about the original first character creator.
0: Yes, the first character creator.
1: Yeah, where there were more. So when you saw and-
0: articles, when you saw articles about it, they would show the portrait of the character, and there'd be so much expression built into the the portrait
1: um yeah do you regret yes, that at all I, or um do i regret that uh, i i'm not like a person with regrets i i just don't function like that you have to move forward always so it's just like maybe they were the more unique and whatever but i i i think there's a level of iconity that comes with uh, the current ones uh and i think we can build on that currently they're for example not uh, we're not done in PBR like we have done with all the all the ships so they don't absorb environmental effects in a in a way that could be done and especially as we bring them more to life inside your experience without going as I say full-on ambulation in space stations uh there, there there's just so much more we could do with them uh and, and uh, like I said I hope we we come to a place where where we we where we, where we can have the luxury of doubling of, of in, in that, but I, I think the fundamentals of Eve need more help right now, uh, and, and that is something that has to be a more sort of slower burn: Sure element. One, one last
0: question along those lines the in the intro video, um, the old story was just pictures that uh, you used and had a voice that kind of talked you through the whole landscape. Uh, and then you guys uh, used new technology to make that version again, and now you've kind of gone away from that. Is there any is there any uh, benefit to exploring the lore to s- kind of seat somebody into the environment?
1: I actually have been uh, hoping we we are increasingly do, doing more A-B testing on on especially the early experience because there's so much learnings you can uh, achieve by doing that. Um, you, you can have so many opinions and feelings about what is good, and and that has primarily been the driver for these backstory introductions. Uh, but nobody has really scientifically shown that one is better than the other. So we frankly have no idea. I would like at some point to A.P. test uh, the the various versions we've had. We've had a few, um, and and just see. Okay, is there a market difference in uh, your uh, your early retention based on on what we show you in terms of of the context of the of the world so i would be fascinating to take up some of that old stuff and and running an AP test to just know for sure what is the most effective way
2: so this coming weekend is a bonus skill point weekend and one of the things that you can get out of this is is data on what the players do and and then Learning, you know, uh, from it. For this particular weekend, is there an experiment that you're trying behind the scenes, or is there a, uh, is there something you're studying that you're looking forward to seeing the results next week?
1: Yeah, so we did uh, uh, an experiment with this last year when we did. Uh, what did we call it? We didn't even call it the dople XP weekend, uh, but it's. In a way, it doesn't make any sense in EVE. But it's uh, like these phrases have meaning on Steam. And we are primarily, uh, Steam has become a a huge source of new players for EVE after free-to-play. So with these things, we're learning a lot about what is a good way, not only to have people add EVE to their Steam library, which is a fairly low commitment activity, but actually drive them into the game. And we're going to be doing more experiments on how do we convert Steam players to EVE players. So a lot of these kind of things we're doing there is an effort to to become better at our Steam foo uh, uh, because it, uh, it has risen in importance uh, once the game went free to play. Okay. Well, we
0: have just one last question. Uh, at least, do you have anything if... Uh, no, I don't have
3: like a good like time or last question. But... <laughs> no pressure. This is second <laughs> to last question. If you have a question, um, yeah, I was just uh, we were talking a lot about uh, the Eve community and uh, at Eve Online as like a, a friendship builder and stuff like that. Is there anything that the Eve community has built in terms of like uh, memes or art or anything like that that is like just really gotten to where you're just like this is hilarious. I actually have to. Take a step back and just laugh at the ridiculousness slash greatness of this
4: thing. So I'm,
1: uh, I'm, (laughs) yeah, go hill now because
4: I'm still scarred from the last couple of weeks. Quite frankly, so yeah, just go. Yeah,
1: Paul is taking the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I, I actually, uh, there's one that that sticks out, which is it is not too. It's not about what you were asking about, Elise, but I'm, I'm gonna bring it in. So, like, C.C. Picard, who is now uh, graduated into just being a player, as he put it so well, he started with this kind of, the the best ship in EVE is the friendship. Uh, and, and he started it years ago. And it was such a, what should I say, an emotionally intuitive element of, of this L ele- of, of this aspect we were discussing about in the beginning, about the friendships. So like Svenny, as he is, he comes up with it in a in a bit of a like it's a it's a bit of a sort of an emotional intuit. Uh, and then when we go and check the data and do science, it comes up like the best this is friendship. And <laughs> and it's just so like uh it's such a an oracolic meme that uh, uh that, that really stands out to me.
3: Yeah, that is definitely one of the, like, the indelible moments uh, of, of EVE Online and, and CZB Guard, for sure. I actually remember like, super vividly where he walked on stage in his cardboard cut out of a ship. And I was like, yeah, this is a ship, And it was just the most <laughs> ludicrous thing you could think of for a room full of like, 30-year-old sci-fi nerds to just find enjoyable. And it's just great.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And, and you guys uh, gave him uh, a planet, which was kind of nice. I noticed there's a Hillmar in Kador. Is that uh, related to you?
1: Yes, that's related to me. Uh, <laughs> all the developers uh, that worked on EVE prior to release uh, have their names somewhere in EVE Online, extremely randomly where people ended up. <laughs> <laughs> it's OK.
0: So look around EVE Online. There are systems named after developers. But uh, how many developers do you think have names for uh,
1: probably around 40 people.
0: Wow, that's a lot more than I thought. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, Hilmar and Falcon, thank you guys very much for coming on, talking in stations and uh, giving some insight on uh, the brains that work on uh, CCP's behalf for EVO Online. And, thank you uh, guys. Yeah, it was great having you here. Thanks, Carneros, and thanks, Elise.
1: Thank um, you. Thank you for thanks.
2: a wonderful game.
4: It's always a pleasure,
1: guys. Always a pleasure. Yep, Thanks,
0: guys. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. That's it for now. We will see you again when we come back for season two of Talking in Stations on April 7th. We'll announce who the winner of the Avatar is at that time as well. So thanks for tuning in. We will see you April 7th.